Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 37 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we take new and interesting stories from all over the internet of people violating the social contract we all agree to live by. I am your host, the Raz Grease, with my co-host, the Buck Grundle, and we have a plethora of technical difficulties, Buck. What the hell, man? I, I, I still don't know what the actual problem was. It just <laughs> magically unfucked itself, and I was like, eh. Oh shit, his stuff's working. Hit record. Quick, go, go, go. It's like red light, red light, red light, red light, red light, green light. Yay! Hey, what the hell? We're going. So we got a bunch of stories here. Um, all the ones that you emailed to me, because you couldn't even get shit to freaking come over our group chat. I mean, damn, man. I know, that was on my phone, though, so, you know. Fair enough. <laughs> lightning, lightning, lightning does strike twice. So, so uh, it's been a week. How's your week been, man? You know, um, I've been suffering this week, man. I've got a bad case of the cans. And uh, and it's something that disabled people go through every once in a while, and most other people do, too. And it's when you sit around and you feel fucking sorry for yourself. Because I can't do this, and I can't do this. And I, I've really been, like, doing that to myself this week. For, like, the entire week. Almost at a point where, like... Even getting in the shower, I was like, I can't. Like, it was it was just really bad, and uh, and hopefully, hopefully here in the next hour or so, my childhood friend will uh, will grace my presence with him and his family, and we'll have a weekend, you know, spoiling his kid rotten and eat, eating junk food till our teeth fall out. It'll yeah, be great. this is the guy that uh, I think it's it's in one of the earlier podcasts. You talk about this guy showing up eating all your cheese whiz. So, uh, you you stocked up on cheese whiz. I actually bought two cans. <laughs> I thought you told me you bought three. <laughs> I'm, there might be three. I don't know. I, well, I, I I seriously ordered so much junk food that I don't really consider myself to be a responsible adult anymore. I'm just now going to classify myself as an adult. <laughs> wow. So my week's been kind of, like, stupid. <laughs> so... Uh, for the listeners out there, we, we've said this multiple times. Everyone knows that you and I are originally from Pennsylvania. Now you live in Virginia, and I'm in Oklahoma. The <laughs> I'm trying to think of tactical way, taf, tactful way to put this. Um, so up home, uh, it was typical that you know schools got a two hour delay if the superintendent couldn't get out of their driveway. That that was the that was the, always the joke. What was it at your school? I didn't, there wasn't like a running theme. I just remember sitting there praying every time the snow would fall. <laughs> but, but you'd be looking outside <laughs> and your car would be covered. And okay, you might get a two hour delay, but not always. And uh, even if you got that two hour delay, you're like, yay! Then your parents are like, we're going to go outside and shovel. You're like, no! <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, two hour delays is like a hand job on your honeymoon. It really is, but continue. Dude, it, it 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 dropped below freezing here, <laughs> and it rained, so everything had a you know nice glaze of ice on there, and this town shut down, and I mean it shut down. I started getting we lost three vehicles over <laughs> over the course of two days to accidents, uh, and <laughs> and literally. You know, I I gave out the order that if it didn't have a siren or a salt spreader on there, park it. We're not we're not putting any 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 of our vehicles on the street. Meanwhile, my ass is driving around in a Ford Escape, one hand on the steering wheel, listening to music, just driving around, surveying the carnage. Uh, the police department, they are literally 15 calls deep, and they can't get places because they're cars. I had to literally stop and, like, Get, move, get the police cars unstuck for these guys. <laughs> it, it was it. At one point, I, I came up on a street, and there's a a white pickup truck I didn't recognize. It had red and blues in the back window, and I was like, I don't know this guy. Who the heck is this? And I see way up ahead of him this black pickup truck in the middle of the road, just spinning in circles. And then beyond that, I see one of our police cars that's lit up like a Christmas tree. 
And I walk up, and it's it's our county sheriff is in the pickup truck. And I said, what the heck is going on? He's like, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I think that the officer up there might kill this guy. <laughs> and about that time, I can hear, and I know who the officer is, I can hear him up there yelling, you stupid mother! <laughs> Turns out this dude had been trying to get up this hill for half an hour. And kept going up the hill, spinning all the way back down. Going up the hill, spinning all the way back down. The officer is telling him, just go down the other street, dude. You're not going to make it this way. And the guy wouldn't stop. So eventually, he went down a side street, and they both pulled him over. And we're like, what the heck were you doing? I'm trying to get up the hill. I told you no. He's like, why can't I go where I want to go? And he's like, because the ice won't let you, stupid. <laughs> yeah. You know... Mother Nature could give two shits about whatever you want to do. Or whatever your rights are. Like, Mother Nature doesn't care. Nah. Nah. I have a right to go up the street. Yeah, until I freeze it over and make it slicker than goose shit. <laughs> like, boom. <laughs> but, you know, we I, I took my driving test in an ice storm. <laughs> I mean, it was sleeting when I took my driver's... When I took the actual, like, uh, the, the written portion... You and I know exactly how to do with this stuff. But here, you get a freaking snowflake, and they lose their freaking minds. I mean, is it that way in Virginia, too? Because you guys get snow there. Oh, no. Virginia is completely loaded up. Like, the second that somebody says there might be a flurry, like, we we pour enough salt on these roads to make the Dead Sea cry. I mean, like, that that is just it at the end of the day. Virginia is ready to go. Now, when I lived in South Carolina, on the other hand, you know, I, I remember there was a two-inch two inch snowfall that turned into ice in South Carolina, and it shut down everything for two weeks. I remember my ex-wife and I were sitting there, and we were like, Frosty didn't even have a wet fart, and they're canceling school for two weeks. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I, my kids were like, yay, that was cool. I was like, you two have no idea. When, like, school cancellations for me growing up, you know, up north. And, like, Pennsylvania is like the Diet Coke of the north. Yeah. Like, we, <laughs> like it's not even up north. But compared to South Carolina, it's it's definitely, you know, whatever. But <laughs> compared to South Carolina, you got, you're in the Arctic Circle, I, baby. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, there'd have to be like a foot and a half, two feet of snow on the ground for them to even think about canceling school. You know, like, and, and two inches of snow. I mean, like, people were on the highway. Like, you thought that the, you thought that it was the beginning of a zombie apocalypse because the roads were actually clear, but there were people fucking stopped with their thumbs up their asses wondering what to do they're like what do we do what do we do it's like um proceed forward until you reach your destination park your car and stay the fuck home because <laughs> obviously she, hmm. <laughs> dude but i'm also seeing like all these people online that are like losing their minds because their kids that are distance learning aren't getting snow days i'm like are you stupid <laughs> they're not getting snow days oh my god oh god and they're like this is a rite of passage for children children always look forward to this no they i mean yeah and then they then they they complain when they get they're going to school in june okay we there's a double-edged sword to this and i I guarantee you the kids in florida never sat around going i hope we have a snow day today you know with distance learning it's almost like every day is a snow day you get your shit done and then the rest of the day is yours yeah it is so it is who gives a shit it is okay so we're full disclosure folks we're recording a little bit early because of buck's little uh escapades today with his his childhood uh heterosexual life mate but you know it is now nine fifty-eight a.m according to my watch my kids are done with their school one of them is playing halo right now <laughs> They're done. They get up at 7.30, they, sit, they get something to eat, they sit down, and they bang their workout, and they're done. I mean, I, I, I would have killed for this opportunity when I was that yeah. age. The laziest freaking shitbag student ever. But if the, you could have told me that I could do this shit on my couch from home without ever having to leave or go to... 
deal with anybody's, you know, high school bullshit drama, I'd have, I'd have been a valedictorian in my class. Yeah. I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, so, when, when, uh, so this wasn't available when you and I were kids, but I did college completely online, completely. And, you know, I, I went from a <laughs> not great high school student uh, to a 3.98 GPA. <laughs> it, 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 some people it works. Okay. Quit. Quit complaining. But the, the, the biggest thing I was really upset about this week was they, our town has one of the biggest um, distribution points for the COVID-19 vaccines. And I was due to get my second injection Tuesday. And they closed it down because everyone was afraid of the ice. And I have still not got it yet. Supposedly, I'm getting it at 9.30 a.m. tomorrow. So we're crossing our fingers on that one. My wife was actually able to get into the hospital yesterday and get her first one because they happened to all those, they, they had already thawed them out. And they're like, what are we going to do with them? So they just put out a call. Anybody over the age of 18, come get them. <laughs> so she marched her butt right down there and got it. And I was calling employee. I couldn't give the bloody things away. I was actually pretty upset about it. But anyway, those are complaints for another time. Let's Let's get into the funny and... Uh, try to laugh about this. <laughs> so, uh, dude, I was going through the stories you sent, and there was one I was going to filter out just because it is literally three or four sentences. It's four sentences, Bucket. But there, there's one line in here that I, I just I kind of had to comment on. So this is being reported by Wild ninety four point one. Yeah, radio station with a website. Don't ask me why. Uh, this is out of Orlando. So. <laughs> Um, well, no, yeah, Palm Harbor, yeah. So this is in Orlando. So this is our first Florida man story of the day. But I'm not gonna. I'm, it's not, it doesn't. It doesn't deserve the theme song. It's not long enough. Tampa Bay civil rights protester included. Sorry, Tampa Bay civil rights protester included whipping out his wiener in traffic. Yeah. So let's let's read the whole story here. Uh, a Palm Harbor man named Riley James Cushman was arrested for indecent exposure after he told police he was, quote, protesting for civil rights by showing his penis in traffic, end quote. So what exactly did Mr. Riley do? He had his, quote, his pants down to his knees holding his penis while facing traffic in a vulgar manner, end quote. <laughs> after the police witnessed this action, he pulled up his pants and began walking away. When questioned, he told the cop that he was protesting for civil rights by showing his penis in traffic, but has now finished and wanted to go home. How does one hold their penis and face traffic in a vulgar manner? I think, you know what? Maybe it's the face that they were making. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny because we, one of the, the, the criticisms we've gotten about this show uh, is we've mentioned the fact that we worked in a prison a lot. And I've actually gone back and listened. Yeah, we do mention it a lot. But there's a story. I, I just, I think it, it's really relevant. Um, there, there was a cell in one of our units that was completely made out of glass. And this was uh, in order to, to observe them. And typically if they were in that cell, you had a watch sheet. So you had a five and a 15 minute watch and you would sit there and literally every five or 15 minutes, depending on the watch, you would document what the person was doing. And I was mad as hell that I got stuck on this duty one day and I wrote exactly what the guy was doing. And I wrote things along the lines of, you know, zero five, three, uh, inmate stroking or grasping penis with right hand, stroking in up and down manner vigorously, you know, it's what he was doing, goddammit. But hey, I never... you know what? That's what they wanted. That's what they got. That's what they got, whether they liked it or not. My, I still can't figure out, though, what's the difference between um, grasping your penis in traffic and grasping your penis in traffic in a vulgar manner? I still <laughs> think that the, the face you're making makes a difference. That's the only... That's the only... It's the visual. <laughs> it's the visual. Fair enough. 
just so if, if, depending on your face it's not like sign language it, depending on the face you're making it makes the context completely different he might have just been out there enjoying his penis and showing it to the world going look how awesome my penis is but that face that changes it now what i have to ask is is that if it were a topless lady would the resting cop have charged her with decent exposure oh that's bad that's bad it is it's a little chauvinistic but you know what I still think that opinions vary greatly, and um, I would have to classify a topless woman as decent exposure as opposed to a bombless man, where I would definitely call that indecent. That's sexist. No, that's that. I just got done to saying that that was my personal opinion. Yeah, your, your opinion I'm is heter- sexist. I'm a, well, I'm a heterosexual male, so yeah, fine. Yeah, it's sexist, but it's not chauvinistic. I didn't say it was chauvinistic. I said it was sexist. Well, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just <laughs> Then why are you arguing? It, I'm just trying. I'm not arguing. I'm just trying to make it seem like I'm not a big bad monster. I just want to be a big monster. Fair enough. Well, the next story is being reported by WFTV9 ABC News. I got to say it like that. I don't know why. I just, got, I just have to. Uh, this one's also coming out of Florida. <laughs> but yet does not rate the Florida Man theme song. I'm saving that for a very particular Florida Man. A man with a tattoo that reads, Only God Can Judge Me, on his left arm is wanted for selling an engagement ring and wedding band, or stealing, rather, an engagement ring and wedding band from his girlfriend to propose to another woman. (laughs) Uh, Deputy said that Joseph Davis, 48, used fake name Joe Brown and Marcus Brown on a dating app OkCupid when he met both women in 2015 and 2016, respectively. Investigators say his girlfriend in Orange City discovered her boyfriend was actually engaged to another woman in Orlando. She told deputies that when she looked up the other woman on Facebook, she realized she was wearing a wedding band and engagement ring that was identical to her own from a prior marriage. When the woman checked her jewelry box, deputies said she noticed that both rings, as well as several other jewelry pieces, were missing. Deputies said the woman contacted her boyfriend's fiance and got some of her belongings back. After both relationships ended due to infidelity, deputies said the women began cooperating with each other and with detectives. Oh. Yeah, dude. buddy. Dude, when they, when they get together, <laughs> you know you screwed. <laughs> Hell hath no fury. Well, the Orlando fiancé told deputies Brown had fooled her too, even taking her to the Orange City girlfriend's house while she was at work, claiming the house with his, and asking her to move in with him. Wow. Deputy said the woman told... Awkward. Awkward. Deputy said the woman told detectives she had packed up her apartment, disassembled her furniture, and was ready to move until one day he told her the deal had fallen through. The fiancé also reported a laptop and jewelry were missing from her apartment after Brown moved out and disappeared. Deputy said neither Brown... Or, I'm sorry, neither, neither woman knew the man's real name, but they were able to track him down through one address the woman had been given uh, of a niece he supposedly had in North Carolina. Deputies said they contacted the woman who lived in this address, and it turned out to be the man's sister. Deputies said the man identified as Joseph Davis had a record for a con- uh, has a record as a convicted felon in Oregon and North Carolina. He has an active arrest warrant in Oregon for a hit-and-run crash with injuries. Investigators said Davis had prior arrests, including possession of a fictitious ID, failing, I'm sorry, fi- filing a false police report, domestic assault, and possession of cocaine with intent to sell. In one of his out-of-the-state booking records from 2014, the jail listed a tattoo described as a cross with only God can judge me on his left arm, identical to the tattoo both victims described their boyfriend slash fiance as having. <laughs> Any information about Davis's whereabouts is asked to contact the sheriff's office. Blah blah blah. I mean, that's ballsy, man. Having having the uh, the, the the two families <laughs> at once. That's 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 big nuts. That's big nuts. I'll tell you, the only thing that would have made this story from go from like you know mildly interesting where where it sits right now to like blockbuster worthy is if the person they contacted in North Carolina wasn't his sister it was like his real wife Ooh. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like yes police got in touch with his lady in north carolina who turned out to be the suspect's actual wife that would have been 
That would have been like some M. Night Shyamalan stuff, like, ooh, and the twist. <laughs> what a the twist! twist. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's that's a pretty epic catfishing. I mean, it really is. <laughs> you gotta, yeah. You got to give him, you got to give him credit, but at the same time, he is a scumbag, <laughs> like an absolute scumbag. All I'm saying is that if Danny DeVito would have been involved in this story, we could have turned it into an episode of Always Sunny. You know, I've never actually that watched, been... I've never actually watched an episode of that. It's all right. Not a single one. <laughs> no, nah, and I mean, like, the show is awesome. I'm saying it's all right that you haven't seen one. Good. Well, that that is a pretty epic tale of catfishing. But <laughs> as we move down to Texas to ABC 30 Action News. Woman out $100,000 after believing she was in a romance with Bruno Mars. Yeah. And Houston, Texas, even with Valentine's Day approaching, some romances, especially those involving a famous pop star, may not always be as they appear. Thanks for the creative writing there, ABC 30. <laughs> Case in point, a Houston man appeared in court overnight, accused of posing as recording artist Bruno Mars on Instagram to strike up with a romance... Uh, with a woman and coax her out of a hundred thousand dollars. I can't pronounce this dude's name. I'm just gonna call him uh, Chinwendu. Yeah, Chinwendu uh, was charged with third degree felony money money laundering last Monday, but was taken into custody this week. Uh, according to his charge charging documents, uh, Chinwendu is charged in connection with a scheme that happened between September and October of 28. I'm sorry, 2018, involving a 63-year-old North Texas woman who believes she created an Instagram profile in search of companionship. She told investigators a person pretending to be Bruno Mars reached out to her and made her believe he was interested in pursuing a meaningful relationship. Okay. um, uh, How interesting does your uh, Instagram have to be for you know, uh, Britney Spears to reach out and say, Buck, I'm going to need that disco stick. It's happened. Okay. I don't, I don't think it's been the real Britney Spears, but I'm just letting you know that, yeah, I had somebody as real as the real Britney Spears uh, prospect me the same as this, uh, real Bruno Mars prospected this woman. The difference (laughs) is, is that I got a laugh out of it. Whereas she lost a hundred grand. Well, documents state that the woman fell in love with the Mars account, and at the time, she believed him to be the real singer because he sent her multiple texts and photos of the artist while he was on tour. She also told investigators he wanted to quit the tour to be with her. (laughs) The Mars account then began asking the woman for money. According to investigators, she was asked to make a $10,000 check to a, quote, friend of the band for, quote, tour expenses. And then two days later, draw up more funds, this time amounting to $90,000. Each amount was deposited into separate accounts, which were held by uh, Chinwendu and an alleged accomplice, uh, Basil Amandi? Let's go with that, uh, according to the document. After warrants were executed on the accounts, investigators found a $90,000 deposit in Chinwendu's account, which, he, uh, which was later found to be withdrawn down to a balance of zero. Investigators then separately interviewed the two, and in a document, um, Amandi said he knew Chinwendu, but Chinwendu claimed not to know Amandi uh, for, for the reason of the or know the reason for the ninety thousand dollar withdrawal. Both men were charged with money laundering, although Amandi's arrest record in the case was not immediately stated. In Harris County Probable Cause Court, uh, Chinwindu's bail was set at $30,000. Well, he had 90000 so he could probably bail out pretty quick. <laughs> I gotta say, though, man, what are the names Chinwindu and Amandi? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you're, like, telling the epic saga of, like, drama between two retired Jedi Knights. <laughs> I thought I was I thought I was in a relationship with a Jedi master, but it turns out he was just some Padawan trying to get my money. <laughs> no, Jedi master impos- is impersonating as Bruno Mars and it worked. And it worked. I mean like, you know, well, I mean, you know, no empirical evidence doesn't lie. The dude ran away with 100 grand. He did. So, Chin Wen Chin did some did some serious Jedi mind tricks. Ugh. I mean, I, 
I, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I feel bad for the woman, but it takes a certain level of stupidity to fall for that kind of stuff. And I have a hard it, time feeling bad for that level of stupidity also. But at the same time, the woman is that incredibly dumb, but she also happened to have access to $100,000 pretty readily, apparently. I will, I will say that, you know, I can't classify that person as strictly stupid not based off the description and i'll tell you why a good friend of mine very good friend of mine 70 couple years old because again remember i don't have very millennial very many millennial friends anymore so i just started to you know after after i retired i was like well screw it you know when in rome so i picked that you know buddy of mine and i are sitting here at my kitchen table one day and he's telling me about this really hot chick that he met over in Ghana. Ghana. Was she Nigerian and royalty? No. Uh, federal aid worker was the story. And provided documentation like a, like a, uh, like a photo ID and stuff like that. Like try and make herself look all legit. I actually got my buddy to start sending her money. How much? And, How much? Uh, by the time I got involved, he was already out five hundred bucks. Damn. And then I got involved, and I looked at him and I went, "No, you're a fucking no fool." <laughs> well, I mean, well, you know, you got to remember though, man. Like you and me are older than the fucking internet. We are. Okay. That's sad, but okay. we are. So if we take somebody, you know, my buddy, for instance, was a Vietnam War vet. The guy's, the guy's almost 80 years old now. You know, he, he doesn't know, like, he doesn't understand that this could be a scam. Like, that just doesn't register in his brain because these kinds of things did not exist. And people just didn't do shifty, shady shit like that back in his day. So... You know, somebody comes up and says, oh, yeah, you know, I'm from this African country, blah, blah, blah. I want to be with you and give you a son and started saying all the right things to my buddy. And I had to get two retired, two, not one, but two retired police officers that I know and a federal agent that I'm acquainted with to actually run the information on this person. And the guy still didn't believe me after he was after this scammer was debunked by the fucking like. That's how far this got. And it, the only thing that convinced him this shit was fake was my wife comes up to him and goes, oh, yeah, let's do a reverse Google search on on the image here of this uh, of this woman's account. And it turns out that the uh, that the woman from Ghana was actually a porn star from New York and was lifting Instagram pictures in order to send them to try and bait them into you know, believing her, her bullshit story. I mean, these scams are pretty elaborate. And I would say that the only thing that this woman is stupid about is romance. Because, you know, it's, it's she just got blinded by love. You know, I, I won't classify her as just a complete all-around idiot. Just people, people when they get lonely, they're, they're capable of making some very impulsive and very irrational decisions. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, prior to what I'm doing now, I was a pretty successful, I think, <laughs> private investigator. Uh, and I, I, you know, I did. I, I when I really started my practice, I was doing a, a fidelity assurance, uh, which is you know cheating spouse stuff. Uh, unfortunately, there's just no money in it, so I kind of you know made, got, made the big leap and went over to workers' comp and uh, insurance fraud and that kind of stuff. But it, with when you're doing what I tell people is generally, if you think someone's cheating on you, they they are. Uh, if you know, if you, if if you suspect something, you're probably right. But there there was more than one time where I'd get a phone call um, from a family member trying to say, "I need your help to prove that this person is a catfish or this person's a scam artist for my father or my mother, or my brother or my sister, or whatever." And. I, <laughs> I, I had to have those conversations with people where it's like, this is someone conning you. But at that point, they would literally get angry. They would be angry that you're telling them oh, this. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, they get pissed. Oh yeah, and it, it, it's you can tell that there's eventually a switch that gets flipped where they know like, yep, I, I was this happened to me, and I'm angry, but that person's not in front of me. You are, and I'm going to be angry at somebody, and I'm going to take it out on you. I hated those cases. I really did. Because uh, I, I hated breaking... Because you're breaking someone's freaking heart. You know, it, I, I've been in relationships. Like, boom. Like, a person is in front of me. I've never been in an online relationship where I fell in love with somebody. Full disclosure, though, I met my wife in a chat room. <laughs> um, but the, the the whole concept of somebody just falling madly in love with text conversation... Uh, and maybe some, maybe one or two pictures is just, it's foreign to me. And this is the time that you and I grew up in. This is, you know, we are like the primary thing for this. Because yep. like you said, we did grow up in a time without the internet. I remember the first, I remember the first website I ever went to. I really do. I remember the first website I ever went to and it wasn't porn. <laughs> Uh, so you, we, there are people that came after us are used to being on, and online, but the people came before us, you know, they, they, they adopted it later in life. Um, I think we're just like right there in that sweet spot where we understand how it works totally. Um, and I, and it, it's just, it's a sad thing. So on the show, we, we typically have a lot of Florida man stories, but you know, the close second behind Florida is Australia, like Australia as a whole. Is kind of like the the Florida of the world. (laughs) But in this case, uh, this is being uh, reported by 7 News. Uh, Sydney real estate agent Carl Howard accused of Viagra-fueled samurai sword attack. You can't make this shit up. A Sydney real estate agent accused of injuring one woman with a samurai sword and punching another in the face is now facing serious charges. (laughs) Well, no shit. (laughs) Carl Howard. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna have a coughing fit there. Uh, Carl Howard. I, I, thought, I thought it was gonna be a misdemeanor. I, I I didn't know it was gonna be a serious charge. What do you mean this isn't a summary offense? Carl Howard, forty-four, was being treated at the Royal Prince Alfred Hospital for a shoulder injury on Wednesday when his case was mentioned in court. He accused he is accused of punching a 27-year-old woman in the face early on Monday morning. He had then allegedly kissed her forcefully while strangling her. The woman's 29-year-old friend intervened, and police say Howard then slashed her arm with a samurai sword. <laughs> she I, I'm I'm not laughing at the sexual assault. I'm not laughing at the physical harm. I'm just laughing at the fact this guy readily had available a fucking samurai sword. <laughs> Uh, she managed to <laughs> she managed to flee and alert police. Howard allegedly hid in a skip bin, uh, a trash can, at the <laughs> Annandale home before he was arrested. One of the women's lawyers told the court Howard had taken four Viagra pills before the alleged altercation, which may have influenced his behavior. Uh, I don't think I really want to blame it on the Viagra, but. Right on. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, there's a lot of different causes for that kind of incident to happen. Why are you blaming the Viagra? He said samurai Vi- sword, not the holy sword Excalibur, okay? I mean, right. that's what we call it. Uh, <laughs> the only reason for a person taking four Viagra pills before strangling and forcing his tongue down someone's throat is he must have had a sexual intent. <laughs> Or he needed, he was worried about hair loss. On Wednesday, Howard was recovering from surgery after injuring his shoulder during the arrest. His lawyer, John Sutton, in court described him as being in a, quote, bad way. And he didn't even apply for bail. (laughs) Howard's clients have described him as a gentleman and professional. But following his arrest, Ray White formally stood uh, formally stood him down. Uh, that doesn't make a lick of sense, but that's what it says. He'll return to court in April. <laughs> so, pops for Viagra and decides he's gonna, you gonna get him some. And when she objected, he happened to have a samurai sword at the ready. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, 
there are just too many dots for me to connect to have a like an intelligent comment on this. Other than this guy's an idiot. Like, <laughs> like samurai sword, Viagra pills, two women, sexual assault, tongue down the throat. I mean, like, it's almost like one of those random name generators. It's like <laughs> it's like a, it's like somebody wrote a story with a Mad Libs book. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're gonna commit a crime today. Let's spin the wheel and see what implements we have. Viagra, samurai sword. So it was uh, no, no. It, it's like it's like a game of Clue. It was Carl Halbert. It was Carl Howard in the rape room with the samurai sword. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, we're we're going into our third, count them, third buck Florida man story of the day. And this is being reported by WCJB20 ABC News out of Gainesville, Florida. A Florida man arrested for punching his girlfriend for changing channel during the Super Bowl. Okay. What's your opinion on the on the on the on the game of hand egg, Buck? Come on, Buck, talk. Hand egg, hand egg, H- hand egg, hand egg. What's hand egg? Well, that's what I call football because you don't actually ever touch it with your feet except the kicker, and it's not shaped like a ball; it's shaped like an egg. So that makes it hand egg. Now, see, I'm glad I asked for clarification because I thought you were talking about masturbating, and I was going to say. I don't have a favorite, favorite, you know, whatever for that. But yeah, I, I, I just, I, I defer to caregiver Katie for that. But I mean, you know, (laughs) Hey, you know what? I mean, call a spade a spade. I'm handicapped and she's my caregiver. And if she didn't do that, she'd be a caretaker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I I, yeah, I I don't see. I'm the, afraid her. I'm I'm scared her dad's gonna hear that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll check the analytics and see if there's anybody from his state listening. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> but I I just don't see the fascination with football. I don't. Uh, I know I I'm kind of like in the minority there, but I just don't see it. But I I, I never would think it's really appropriate to punch somebody over changing the channel. But yeah, I mean, I like football so much I wouldn't even answer your question and tried to change the subject. <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel about football. But well, no, man, I mean, I don't think that I would even things that I'm passionate about. I don't think I'd just punch somebody over changing a fucking channel. Well, it gets you know? worse. <laughs> it really does. A man is behind bars after punching his girlfriend for changing the channel during the Super Bowl. Thomas White was charged with felony battery for intentionally striking a woman against her will and causing great bodily harm. Let's examine that sentence. Thomas was charged with felony battery for intentionally striking a woman against her will. So if she wanted it, it's okay. That's that's my take. Well, yeah. Away. Well, if she wanted it, then he would have consent, and then she wouldn't have called the cops to begin with. I mean, you know, I don't think that I don't think that the article should have been written that way. No, I mean, probably not. Kind of obvious. It's like know? it's like when you're writing the article, it's like, well, listen, my, my I, I got this chick is into that shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure she's represented, and I'm gonna write this. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, now it's birthing a whole slew of, of boys who are. Boys and men who are going around going, well, now I'm just going to ask a bitch if she wants to get hit. Hey, hey, you bitches want punch in the face? I kind of got a fetish. <laughs> it's like, you know, dude's going to do it either way, but if he has consent, then at least he can avoid a street charge. Chances are, if you get a room crowded enough, some chick will be like, yeah. <laughs> or some dude will go, I can wear a wig. Blind squirrel's got to get a nut. According to the arrest report, the 55-year-old and his girlfriend started to argue after she changed the channel away from the Super Bowl between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. The county sheriff's investigators say that they that there was a fight started between the couple, and White began to punch the victim in the face, which caused several injuries, including cuts on her face and chin, a bloody nose, and a swollen wrist and hand. Deputies also noted that substantial amount of blood droplets on the ground and the wall. White told deputies the victim was, quote, running her mouth, and it made him angry. 
He also told ASO and the victim slapped him and swung at him, and his reaction was in self-defense. Deputies noted that White had no visible injuries, and his account was not consistent with the physical evidence. Here's the kicker. White had previous felony conviction for battery on a pregnant victim. Whoa. Yeah, so dude is like an epic piece of shit. And yeah, that's like level eight. That's like level eight shit bag. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, he's he's kind of a douche canoe. <laughs> you could have warned me. I could have muted your mic. You could have warned me. Coughed into the mic early. You coughed into the mic earlier. I I'm muted. I, no, you heard now. that. You heard that. Nobody else heard that because I muted my mic. Yeah. We need to have discussions about this kind of fucking recording <laughs> etiquette before we actually hit the button then, damn it. I got the buttons. I got all the buttons. <laughs> yeah, common sense is not common knowledge. Thank you. Yeah, one would one would, one would would think that, yes, it's common sense to mute your mic before you, uh, but no. You know, I figured that Raz takes care of it. You can see me finicking around in my chair. Actually, I try not to look at you very much. I can't hardly blame you. <laughs> no, man. I mean, like, I can't imagine what this podcast would be like if you were suffering from overexposure to awesomeness. Oh, my God. Thank you for the button push, and now I'm just going to sprinkle a little bit of bodacity on top of that, too. Uh, we're going back to Australia. A Moroccan woman, quote, Kills lover, serves cooked genitals to tradies as a treat <laughs> in the United Arab Emirates. So this is being reported in Australia, but it's actually in the uh, UAE. A woman is accused of murdering her lover when she found he was planning to marry someone else and then cutting off his private parts and serving them to builders as a treat. The horrific allegations were made against a 30-year-old Moroccan woman who allegedly turned her man's genitals into a traditional Arabic dish known as makaboos. Makboos. <laughs> well, a makboos <laughs> a makboos is a uh, is popular in the Arabic world. It is even the national disc dish 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 of uh, bar, Bahrain. It is similar to the uh, it's it's whatever it's rice meat and chicken. Uh, after making the dish, the woman gave it to Pakistani construction workers near her home in the United Arab Emirates, who enjoyed it without realizing it allegedly contained something other than chicken. The couple had reportedly been together for seven years, and the relationship ended when the man, who was ten years younger than the woman, uh, suddenly revealed that he had planned to marry someone else in Morocco. The woman allegedly flew into a rage and murdered him, cooking his private parts up in the dish. She said the rest of the body had been fed to the dogs, who were also allowed to gnaw on his bones, according to the court report. Jesus Christ. Uh, the efforts to dispose of the body were so complete that when the man's brother turned up at the house looking for him, the only thing that seemed to be left was a tooth that he found in the blender. The woman allegedly confessed to the murder and was taken to a hospital in order for her psychiatric condition to be examined. I don't think that guy's going to punch his woman in the face. No, no, no. I mean, they found but a tooth. That's all they found of this dude was a fucking tooth. That's just insanity. Literally got busted by the skin on his teeth. Oh, God. Oh, God. No. Well, here's... I mean, what do you... That's just some scary, like, psychopathic shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think we could get Tim Burton involved and make a screenplay out of it. And, and what did the Pakistani guys do to deserve to get fed this dude's dick? Yeah, I mean, like, seriously, they're construction workers. They're probably, like, building something important. Ladies, like, eh, here, have, have a traditional dish that I made with my husband's cockles after I killed him. And, like, you know, oh, yeah. It was so fucked up. They never even took her to the damn prison. They took her straight to the hospital and said, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, I, I Cough it up. 
No, I really don't have anything intelligent to say. Fair I enough. really don't. Well, let's get no. on to the main event of the evening. This is great. Oh, man. It's a Florida man, and I've been saving it because this is our fifth Florida man story. So here it is before we get started. Florida man, Florida man, does whatever the fuck he can. Makes headlines every time. Florida's paradigm. Look out. Here comes Florida man. Here comes Florida man, and he is, it's pretty metal, says the man, who turned his uncle's skeleton into a guitar. Florida musician says is the best way to honor the man who introduced him to heavy metal. This is great. A Florida musician <laughs> says turning his late uncle's skeleton into a sick guitar was the best way to honor the man who first introduced him to heavy metal. The Tampa, Florida musician, who goes by the moniker Prince Midnight, says he crafted the instrument out of the medically prepared remains of his uncle, Felipe. It's pretty metal to play a guitar made out of a skeleton, I have to say, as he, as he told... As it happens, host, Carol Off. Prince unveiled the final product called the Skelecaster on his Instagram. <laughs> the Skelecaster is the result of a lot of bureaucratic wrangling, family skirmishes, and experimental craftsmanship, Midnight said. His uncle, Philippe, uh, died in a car accident in Greece in the mid-90s at the age of 28, he said. Per his wishes, his remains were donated to science and his skeleton was used in a medical school uh, for decades. But then, one day, the school no longer had any use for the bones, Midnight said. Philippe's parents had since died, so the responsibility for his remains fell to Midnight's mother. Cremation was not an option for the Greek Orthodox family, he said, so his mother was stuck with two options. Pay for a burial plot or continue to pay a monthly fee to store the remains. She didn't want to pay for that anymore, and I was like, I'll take care of it. <laughs> so I went through the red tape, which is a tremendous amount of trouble. You've got to contact the funeral home, the state department's involved. Eventually, the musician was able to get Philippe's remains shipped to him in Tampa. At first, he says he wasn't sure what to do with them, and then inspired by the guitar maker friend, the idea was struck. I'll just... <laughs> It just popped in my head. I'm going to turn Uncle Phil into a guitar. And I was like, this is the best way to honor him. He would have loved the idea. Midnight says he's fond memory of listening to metal with his uncle and seeing him perform at shows. Uncle Philippe was a super metal head. He got totally into the metal. And when I was a little kid, because of my because he was my mother's younger brother, he was so close to my age and took me under his wing. The idea didn't go over well with his mother at first. When she first, when it first started happening, she was really upset. She says, it's sacrilegious. He needs to lie, you know, and rest. <laughs> and she was walking away and I was like, you think Uncle Phil would rather be a guitar or a box of bones? She then threw up her arms and goes, probably the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> he beat her with fucking logic, dude. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> I believe I believe Tenacious D said it. You can't defeat the metal. <laughs> Making the guitar was no easy feat either. No one's ever made a guitar out of a skeleton, to my surprise. So there's a little bit of learning curve. <laughs> <laughs> Originally, I was dr- hair. <laughs> Originally, I was drilling into the vertebrae, the bones, and one cracked and broke. And so I was like, "Well, I've got to reassess how I'm going to do this." He ended up welding a metal bar into the spine and attaching it to the bridge and the neck of an old Fender Telecaster guitar. He then attached red and blue wires reminiscent of veins and arteries depicted in medical books. It's not a typical guitar, so it's got some quirks, he says. But sometimes the limitations we have with our tools are what makes our products great. When you're trying to strum inside of a ribcage, it limits how long your strokes... With a pick could be, right? So he tends to make a heavier kind of tone when he's strumming. So yeah, it has a certain kind of sound, and I think it sounds great. But most of all, he says it makes him feel close to his uncle again. I feel like Uncle Phil is not just, you know, fragrant. It's not just here. I can't even read this shit anymore. 
I feel like Uncle Phil is not just here figuratively. He's here literally too. I'm literally giving my Uncle Phil hugs while he's figuratively with me creating, you know, heavy metal riffs. So what what do you think a uh, a skeleton guitar sounds like, Buck? I have no idea. Please tell me you've got some audio. You would be shocked, but yes, I do. It didn't sound horrible. What do you think? It's a novelty guitar. <laughs> it's definitely a novelty. <laughs> that's that's. Now I will say, truth be told, it's a great idea, and I believe that with a little bit of fine tuning, uh, that guitar could be, you know, quite quite a shredder. But I I, I just I love uh, the portion of the story where the guys like. His mom's upset. He needs to be laid to rest. He's like, what do you think Uncle Phil would want? To be in a box or you think it'd be a guitar? And she just throws her hands up. Probably the guitar. You know, and it's even funnier because it, it, they're a Greek family. Right? Yes. They're, they're Greeks. Yeah. You just see some, some, some Greek mom, you know, just throwing her hands up in the air and, like, resigning to the fact that she's just completely been like, like sunk you know like boom <laughs> just like the, the greek hand throw resignation you know like ah, you just throw your arms up and yeah i mean like it's it's a hilarious mental picture it truly is and, <laughs> and that brings us to the end of another week's podcast buck so I know you got plans. You're going to be busy all weekend. And uh, I, I hope this brings you out of your slump. Me too. Me too. I mean, like, I have I have a good seeing, – seeing my buddy, man, I mean, like I said, he, he's been my friend since we were nine years old. He's known me through every awkward, ridiculous stage of my life. I think, I think he'll pull me out. So are you going to take this opportunity that he's there to um... – uh, film better than bad? No? No? Uh, no. I don't know. He's bringing his wife and kid with him. But I mean, like, you know, I mean, eh, we might be able to work something out. Because, you know, there's people clamoring for better than bad. I know. It's you're, still you're, worse than good right now. You're, you're, uh, your adoring public awaits you. Like I said, you know, we're just in a funk. It's a little worse than good, but we'll make it better than bad again, I promise. <laughs> okay, folks. Uh, just remember, <laughs> you can check out all of our series on our YouTube channel. Just look up the Mount Moon Crew. You can also look up the podcast, the Social Liability Podcast, where you can see video versions of all of our shows. You can check out Buck's series, Better Than Bad. You can uh, check out our friend Sadar's series, of Just Pizza, which is her just literally reviewing store-bought pizzas, which is hilarious. Um you can check out me on my Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash the underscore raspberries zero one. Uh, I'm back to playing PTCGO again and uh, anything else that really suits my fancy. Might be even playing Among Us again. Who knows? Uh, that being said, folks, thank you very much for listening. Uh, please like, subscribe, do all that kind of stuff that I'm supposed to say at the end of a social media type thing. And we'll see you next week on the Social Liability Podcast. 